0: Hello, and welcome to the show. I'm Nikki Eisenhower, your host, life coach, and psychotherapist, and this is Emotional Badass, where Moxie meets Mindful. On today's episode, I'm sharing a story to teach about shame. say before we get started that I'm just a little nervous today. I don't think I've ever shared this story to teach before, and I hope it helps you hold space for your own sweet self now, for the highly sensitive, confused kid you were or maybe are right now, or maybe there's an HSP kiddo in your life, and my story might shine some light on some internal process. I know that I am not alone and being shamed for going for it. I think as a tribe, we want to go for things. We feel passionate in our hearts. So this is a story that I'm hoping resonates with a lot of you. I want a lot out of this episode. I, I also realize that if you haven't worked with a therapist that you've really clicked with in your life, I, I think a lot of people don't understand what it is To truly process what that means how that's different than just dwelling on something and and turning it around over and over again. So I I hope to share This story as part of my process When I allow myself to wander In different moments. it, It shows me what shaped me. I was working on a course And I added a song which I often do to my work and I was editing and had some music on and was just kind of hanging out and chilling and having a good old time working on my course. And then all of a sudden, big realization hit me and a memory flooded back. I went to elementary school at Edward Hines in New Orleans. I loved this little school. This little school was a source of much safety and the teachers there held me with a lot of kindness and a lot of love. I also happened to be part of the pilot gifted program in New Orleans. So it was the the very first uh, pilot program for gifted students. And that program, in a lot of ways, I have credited with saving my life. It held me and gave me personal attention. Those classes were very teeny tiny. And those teachers, teachers, I know you know what I'm talking about if you're out there, because the program was new, it wasn't overly regulated yet. So the teachers had a lot of freedom to do whatever they wanted and really dive deeply into their creativity. So I think also part of what happened for me at that time was that my teachers were very energized about what they were doing. And as a sensitive empath, I could feel that. And so the flow between my learning and their exuberance about my learning was very enriching. I finished Edward Hines through sixth grade. I tested for the magnet school in New Orleans and passed. I really wanted to go. But we moved into the suburbs and the, the story, and in healing work, we talk a lot about the story, the, the story we tell ourselves. And often as we're processing, we're figuring out the stories we've been told. And the story that I was told about leaving New Orleans to go to St. Tammany Parish was a story of the big bad city and the suburbs being wonderful meccas of education leaving Edward Hines at sixth grade and going into seventh grade at a new school was a complete culture shock to me because it was the opposite of what I had been told my inner city New Orleans school was so young and pure I wasn't allowed to wear cherry chapstick because that was color on the lips our shorts Had to be to our knee and that wasn't a suggestion that was serious So we were covered up. We were very modest. We weren't into makeup yet When I went to the suburban junior high school I was shocked at how adult The other kids were I felt very inadequate. I felt awkward I felt babyish and they felt much older They wore full faces of makeup and push-up bras and cleavage and short booty shorts that I didn't own and wasn't allowed to wear. I didn't understand how to fit in or where. I was completely awkward in my body, tense every single day. I don't even remember now what class it was for, maybe history, but we got one of those younger people assignments. Do you remember those? We had to pick a figure in history to do a presentation on, and each person would get up in front of the class and teach the class about the famous person that they had chosen. Other kids chose sports figures or musicians. I chose Marilyn Monroe. Now, it strikes me even today that at 12 years old, I was resonating with Marilyn Monroe. I was fascinated by her. I could tell that she was beautiful on the outside and adored with all kinds of attention. But I think I could connect with her woundedness beneath the surface, with her low self-esteem and her fear. And while there's some conspiracy around how she died, most of us accept that she overdosed in her 30s. So it became my turn to do my presentation. And up until this time in my household with my grandparents and with my teachers and my other classmates that... We're in this gifted program where we got focused attention. I had been encouraged to go for it constantly. And I loved to learn. So I would completely dork out on any assignment that was given to me. And I I got to use my creativity so fully. And I didn't hold it back. So here I was in this new school where I felt awkward. And here comes this, this assignment where I actually get to pick. So I made the, the tri-fold board and did a presentation on her. And this was pre-internet, kids. This meant going to the library. This meant microfiche. This meant books and copies. And I talked about her life. And I got really brave and went up there and really got into that confidence that I had in going for it. And I sort of disconnected from the energy in the room, heard my voice quivering but pushed through until I got a little bit more smooth and got to flow. And I had worked really hard. This was before iTunes. This was before Spotify. I had to listen on the radio to try to catch the Elton John song, Candle in the Wind. It was a song that he wrote. He collaborated in writing it about Marilyn's life, about how she lived like a candle in the wind and that her flame blew out too early. So at the end of my presentation, I don't remember now. I think I had to reserve the tape recorder. But after listening on the radio and trying to catch it with my tape recorder, I finally caught the full song and I brought it into class. And at the end of that presentation, I put in the tape and I hit play. And then I turned and sort of reconnected with the classroom. And to this day, I don't know how I didn't throw up on the floor because Instead of the other children giving me the looks that I expected, which were congratulatory and good job and wow, that was neat. That is not what I got. I got shame. I got disdain. I got looks that said, what is wrong with her? Why did she do that? No one else had played a song. I got ridiculed for that presentation, teased on the playground. And I remember thinking, I'm never doing that again. I'm never trying that hard. I I need to hide this. Trying to talk my way out of feeling that pain again in the future. And it's moments like that where a lot of our walls go up. And it still makes me emotional for myself, for all of you that are listening, for the kids that that's happening for right now somewhere, that they are lighting up, that they're just like me, showing their true gifts, showing something that they're passionate about, that they're excited about, that they feel about as little HSPs in the world. It's such an unfortunate part of our humanity that the power of a look can shake that in another human being.
1: Would you like to relax or fall asleep while learning about pivotal moments in history? If so, then try my new podcast, Of Giza. There's also a six part series about the Titanic. Just search your podcast player for Calm History or go to calmhistory.com.
0: I would love to be able to tell you that I am 100% healed up from that and the hundreds of other incidents that influenced me to, to struggle with nothing ever being good enough, with being fearful of really going for things. I can promise you that I go for things full force, but those feelings and those old voices still come up. And what I've learned to do is what so many of you are learning to do with me in individual sessions or in part from listening to the show or participating on Patreon working with your own therapists and coaches and healers, you're learning what it means to sit with these feelings and to nurture ourselves through. So every time I'm going to release an episode and every time that my inner child creeps up from the depths and whispers to me, wait, are you sure you want to do that? What if there's backlash? What if they make fun of you? What if it's not taken the way that you mean it? What if, what if, what if? As a young woman, I would listen to her and I would let her start to drive my life or I'd get mad at her and want to shame her away. Of course I did. I learned to shame myself in tender moments because I got shamed in tender moments. That's what healing is, y'all. I have to sit with myself Sometimes before releasing an episode, sometimes before facing some things, for, be, sometimes before going for it in various ways in my life. I have to allow that inner child's voice to come up from the depths, and I have to listen to her and hold her. And I have to give her what she didn't get in that moment back to her seat after that presentation, listening to Elton John's music, awkwardly playing in the junior high classroom. I have to tell her, it's okay. Take a deep breath. Remember, you have big me now. And big me knows I don't have to care what other people think. Big me knows that it's okay to go for it, that the risk is worth it, that we don't have to play small. And it is a little scary. And we can't please everybody. And we don't have to try to please everybody. And your expression is good enough Your expression counts. Your expression matters. The way that you want to do it is okay. Your passion is a good place to teach from. Don't let anyone dim your light, not even the idea of them. I often visualize in that moment brightening as if I'm turning up a light, brightening for grown-up me, brightening for little kid me. Those are the messages I missed out on. And these are the messages that we need of self-compassion, of deepening our understanding of why we are the way we are right now so that we know how to compassionately hold ourselves and self-nurture to break down some of those bricks of those old walls that we built. Because when we build up those walls, we do it for damn good reason. But those walls, they keep the light out They keep good things out. It's true. We don't take any risks when we build up a lot of walls. That's not how I want to live. I cried when this memory came back to me. I cried in sadness for the purity of what was lost in that moment for me. And I cried for the beautiful healing that it is to realize I am honoring that inner child I am honoring that inner passion. Even way back then in seventh grade, I can look back and see that I was trying to connect with other people's senses because that's how I felt. That's how I moved to the world. And I was so lost in it and confused. So yeah, I still sometimes cry about how miraculous it is that I am here where I am, that I am happy and hopeful and proud. And I have released so much of that dysfunctional shaming. I hope something about my story helps you take compassionate, nurturing care of yourself. That is the healing so many HSPs are craving and need. And if you have walls up about addressing or talking to your inner child, that's okay. Know that all of us do. No one hears the first therapist say, talk to your inner child. And buys it initially without doubt. It's okay to doubt it. It's okay to feel weird. It's okay to feel awkward. But if you want to heal as quickly as you want to heal, that is the work. Allow someone in your world as a healer to help you figure out how to face that aspect of yourself. It is the fastest path to healing that I know how to offer myself and you. And the beautiful thing, because I know some of you are hearing, oh, no, but things still come up for her. I just want it to be over. When things come up for me, they're so quick now. They might take a couple minutes, maybe an hour. And in early healing, it's really common for things to take weeks or months to move through and past. We get better little bit by little bit, and the pace is okay. We don't have to fight the pace. Thank you so much for listening today. Thank you for sharing the show and helping other highly sensitive people find this content. I want to thank some of you for giving amazing five star reviews on our iTunes. The Pack Five, thank you for your sweet review. I'm glad you're getting tools out of the podcast. It makes me happy. Thank you. Thank you for that acknowledgement. Aha Alliance, I'm glad I see them pulled together and charming. A little bonus from my Southern parts. <laughs> I'm glad you're out there listening someone's name who wrote a review is I never spend money on apps good for you I'm glad you're learning how to cope and breathe. I think this says sarah g Carr. I'm glad i'm shedding light soft kitten 314 She says it's Almost like i'm listening to my weird inner voice talk back to me and say everything's cool. You're not alone I do try to center and speak from a soul place, I'm I'm glad that you can feel that. Thank you for these reviews. It really, really helps the back end of the podcast. If you're interested in finding out more ways that you can work with me, come find our website, emotionalbadass.com. You can track down all of my stuff from there. I hope you live a shame-free day today and continue to do the work to let go of all the strange ways that we've absorbed shame so that we can wring it out and live our best life. Let our true self and our natural gifts shine. Take care of yourselves. Until next time, I'm an emotional badass. You are an emotional badass. And together, we are where Moxie meets mindful. Bye-bye.
1: dot com.